From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Grace Warner. And I'm Abby Gorday. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Today on the show, it's Transgender Awareness Week, and two of our reporters will tell you about the university's efforts regarding health care for transgender students. We'll also tell you about a new initiative whose goal was to monitor voter suppression during the election. Oftentimes there's a story in long lines or voter suppression or problems with ballots or IDs, etc. that actually disenfranchise a lot of voters. We'll give you all the details and more coming up right here on The Outlet. Ohio University was involved in a national effort to monitor and reduce voter suppression as it happened on Election Day. Telling you how student volunteers and the university went about it is Connor Curick. It's November 8th, Election Day, and for once, Chipotle doesn't have the longest line in Athens County. Over 50 students and residents are lined up outside the local Board of Elections, and over 200 are lined up throughout the fourth floor of Baker Center, all the way onto the sidewalk outside. For such a large group, it's unusually quiet. It's about to rain, but that's not stopping voters from casting their ballots. But in other cases, people aren't voting. Some voters go to the polls and then end up leaving without ever casting a ballot because of issues like long lines. To find solutions, Election Land is using a team of college students to monitor voting issues from their laptop screens in OU's Scripps Hall. They're using social media to discover, analyze, and verify places where voters are having problems. Scripps Associate Professor Dr. Michelle Ferrier is directing the effort. So typically when we're monitoring elections, we're monitoring it to find out what the result is. However, oftentimes there's a story in long lines or voter suppression or problems with ballots or IDs, etc., that actually disenfranchise a lot of voters. This was a national effort that was carried out at the local level. Election Land was able to monitor what happened in real time. That way, they could get tips back to local reporters who could then go to the scene and report on those stories while there was still time to vote. It is a logistical challenge, and as I said, this is a brand new effort that's never happened before, and so we've all got our fingers crossed because a lot of the systems that we've put in place are brand new, including some of the technology tools that we'll be using to report these incidences as they happen. Election Land is a collaboration led by ProPublica, a nonprofit newsroom based in New York City. The City University of New York's Graduate School of Journalism served as the nerve center for the project. Ohio University was assigned to monitor Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, and Wisconsin on Election Day. It was one of ten participating schools that collaborated to funnel their data into the main newsroom at CUNY, where they would then send the information to local reporters. Ferrier said their goal was to diminish, to the extent possible, the effects of voter suppression on the election. At the local level, we have limited ability of reporters. They can't be at every polling location. So what we have become is, in essence, the eyes and ears of reporters all over the country. This whole effort was carried out by Ferrier and four to five students at a time, sitting in a Scripps computer lab with over 10 social media monitoring tools at their disposal. On the national level, over 500 students participated. At OU, over 50 were involved in the project. 
They came into the smart lab all day in shifts from 6.30 a.m. to around midnight. Students used hashtags, keywords, names, and locations to discover polls where issues came up. To find these problems, the team monitored Twitter with TweetDeck, Facebook with Facebook Signals, Instagram with reverse image tools, Google Trends, and Google Poll. Among others, they used tools like Dataminer, Spokio.com, and Google Maps to verify incidents, people, and places. Students were very surprised at how quickly you can take an image that has no location data set on it and find out, is it original, where is it from, and using Google Street View, we went right down to the street level, looked around at the buildings and said, yep, this is the, this is the polling place at this location with just a few visual cues from an image. And that really startled the students into really thinking deeply about what goes up on the web and how people with just a few clicks can find out a lot of information about you, your identity, as well as the information that you post online. So, in other words, pictures you post on places like Instagram and Twitter hold a lot more information than you might think. Member of the Election Land team, senior journalism student Austin LaFonte was surprised by that. He was one of few upperclassmen among a majority of freshmen. Like, I originally thought, oh, we can just go off location and that'll be it. But, like, some of the stuff we're using is pretty pretty surprising just like how we can verify information like who these people are and if they're quote-unquote real and what maybe their intentions are whenever they're posting something. So I never knew it went this deep. Our democratic process isn't perfect, so it is understandable that citizens would face issues voting. But teams like Electionland strive to solve those problems and to improve our system. They ensure that all willing voices are given the chance to speak and that the eyes and ears of reporters remain strong and secure. For The Outlet, I'm Connor Keurig. The presidential election is finally over after almost two years of campaigning. Although the next election is four years away, some are already thinking about what they want to see change. The outlet's Reagan McCurley talks to several Ohio University students about what they hope to see different in the next election. It's no secret this presidential election has been one of the most dramatic and controversial ones yet. Many people are relieved it's over. Although it's only been about a week since the ballots have been cast, this unusual election has made many people think about the political system in America and how things are handled. There are four years until the next presidential election, but that hasn't stopped some students at Ohio University from thinking about what could go better the next time around. Sophomore Russell Heltman said he would like to see candidates discuss relevant topics during the debates. He felt this year's nominees were more focused on lashing out at each other rather than talking about important matters. It's just the same thing. I want to see like us talk about like the real issues and talk about the real problems facing the world instead of talking about someone's emails or talking about someone's like, leaked tapes where they're t- telling people to grab women by the genitals. It's just like, it's just really... It's just, it's just, it just makes you ask, why, how did we get here? There were many speculations concerning each candidate, and as time went on, it seemed as though people weren't giving the race much consideration. Sophomore Lauren Worley hopes to see American citizens take the election a bit more seriously in 2020. Well, I feel like America, especially this time around, was looked at as a joke. Uh, they just, I mean, people, I think, just kind of made fun of it. And, uh, I mean, it's, 
it's kind of ridiculous because it's like our future the next four years. So There were rumors surrounding each candidate that led to some students feeling a sense of distrust. Jacob Kreider was one of those students. He said neither Clinton or Trump had clear objectives, and that was an issue for him. In the next presidential election, I would like to see more realistic candidates with uh, some goals and you know, I'd like to see them better explain how they're going to reach those goals. And if they don't, then I'm not going to vote for them. This presidential election was one that tested both OU students and America's patience and trust. Many hope to see a better sense of structure and clear set of objectives for the 2020 presidential election. But for now, there's a new president to be sworn in and a transition period between the old and the new. For The Outlet, I'm Ranga McCurley. Climate change has always been a hot-button issue, but lately it's becoming more and more political. Our reporter Micah Upshaw spoke with one group on campus who is making the stop of climate change their mission. I hope you will give me a chance to serve as your president. It's the last presidential debate. A group called Next Gen Climate is gathered at Jackie O's Pub and Brewery to watch presidential candidates Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump square off one last time. Next Gen is an organization centered on getting people to vote and to recognize climate change as an issue that needs to be addressed politically. We're a group that is specifically working with students and millennials to help them get out to vote and to elect candidates who not only understand that climate change is real and an urgent threat that we have to deal with, but who also want to get more clean energy online. That was Aaron Huertas. He is one of the leaders in charge of educating students on the matter of climate change and getting them to vote. He has worked with climate scientists for 10 years, so hearing that Donald Trump doesn't believe that climate change even exists is something that strikes him. To have a presidential candidate say that the science they work on is a hoax is frankly just really dangerous. Um, And uh, more than 1,200 scientists have spoken out and condemned Donald Trump, not only for climate denial, but uh, for science denial on vaccines and basically for being a conspiracy theorist. Ohio University professor of plant biology, Dr. Arthur Tracy, says fossil fuels play a huge role in climate change. The gases that are going into the atmosphere that drive climate change come from burning fossil fuels. Changing habits can be costly and difficult. Dr. Tracy feels people aren't concerned about the climate because it isn't directly affecting them. We should be worried. We should be concerned. Bad things will happen somewhere. And most Americans look around and go, I don't notice any bad things. And I think of it a little bit like in the early days of cigarette smoking. Well, if you smoke for a long time, you might get cancer. And smokers would be like, yeah... Maybe, but right now I'm not going to change because I'm not going to get cancer tomorrow. You're just saying that if I do this long enough in my 70s, I might get cancer. I don't really care what happens to me in my 70s. I'm 30. I want to smoke. The election is now over and a new president has been elected. But it's not just the U.S. who is dealing with climate change. It has to be a global solution, right? It's not no single country can can solve the problem. It takes one country to step up and decide to make the change. But the first step is acknowledging that it's a real problem. Next-gen climate will continue to push towards a better climate regardless of the new president's views. From the outlet, I'm Micah Upshaw.
Not only was the country watching to see what happened in the presidential election, but people all over the world were following it too. Arnold Vanda talked to some international students about what their American election experience was like. Hi, my name is Arnold Vanda and I'm from Leipzig in Germany. I'm an international student and this was my first election in the United States. I was interested what other international students think. So I walked around the campus and asked them how they experienced the election. Ali Alassini is Jordanian. He is surprised that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were so successful. I found it strange because uh, both candidates from both parties have won the primaries, even they are less qualified than the others. He also feels Americans had a tough decision to make. Between a guy who has very extreme opinions and the other one is a politician who has a long experience in politics. And being in politics, it means that you have to make some mistakes in the past. And not just in the past. Bukisha Ba from Nigeria was a bit taken aback by the rhetoric and revelations during the campaign. So and I would expect that in other countries, you know, or in my country, like that would have impacted heavily on, on the election. But somehow, like, Americans just moved forward, like those things didn't exist. Felix Weber from Berlin says the media also played a large part. I really don't like the fact that it was more about what they did wrong than what they're doing right, and that both of the candidates were portrayed in a rather bad way to me. Weber noticed a shift in politics from four years ago. Well, in terms of differences and specialties compared to the last election, there were the, the American public or the American society as well as people around the world were a lot more divided about who may become the next American president. For Muslim students like Nur Dadaldo, who is from Turkey and wears a hijab, the rhetoric of Donald Trump was surprising. During the election, I was kind of like surprised what kind of stuff I am hearing. My thoughts were how a person, a representative of a political party, how he can be that much extremely. When the results of the election were announced, Nu was concerned. And some people really support him just because of get rid of Muslim people or immigrants. So probably they're going to want what he promised to them. They're going to want the results. And so I'm worried about myself, honestly. The worst part for her was that she was not able to decide in the election process and just had to sit back and watch, in contrast to Felix. He may have more power than now, obviously, but it's not like I as an Amer like I as a non-American has, has to be afraid of like being deported or that he's building walls and all these kind of things. It, ta it takes a lot more to do all these types of decisions. Felix also says that the Americans just elect someone to stand at the forefront and that Donald Trump won't be able to put the things into place that he would like to. There are obviously some differing opinions when it comes to this year's election. But if one thing is for certain, the world will be watching to see what the future holds. For The Outlet, I'm Arnold Wander. For months, our country has been overwhelmed with the talk about the 2016 election. The outlet's Matt Morris ventured down Court Street to ask individuals their take on the race and how people will readjust in the following days. Anyone who has watched television during the weeks leading up to the election couldn't help hearing political ads like these. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. You got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. 
With the election behind us, some people may be upset with the results. Some may be scared. Some may feel let down by the disappearance of all the excitement. But after talking with a couple of Athens residents, there seems to be a sense of relief. Noah Fisher works as a bartender at the J-Bar. As a bartender, he has a shared experience of the election with his patrons. It was a really exciting race. Uh, probably one of the first elections in my life where I followed everything like, really closely um, on Election Tuesday. The election provided an intense media buzz, but Noah dismissed having any political withdrawals. I'll be happy to not see like the same commercials over and over again, but I don't see a void or feel a void. Uh, if anything, I'm a little bit more relieved to know that everybody's not going to be arguing or anything anymore about who's the better candidate. Andrew Seastone is a part-time employee at Cross Rental Properties. Andrew shares a similar feeling about this year's post-election period. Uh, kind of a little bit of a sense of relief. Kind of get a break from all the, uh, all the information being thrown at you, so it's kind of nice. Like Noah, Andrew didn't recognize or sense a feeling of void. It's a big change. I don't know if I feel a void, uh, but it does feel a little bit different. Noah sees a gradual reduction in excitement leading toward a less political environment. I think there'll definitely be, for the next few weeks, there'll be coverage on the election and where they think that um, Trump is going to take the presidency. But I think for the most part, it'll probably turn around back into news. Noah's logic remained consistent when the subject of election ads arose. I think it'll go back to just normal, normal ads. You know, it'll be good to not see all the trash talking. Andrew also sees changes coming in news coverage and is hopeful that unity will be promoted. Uh, I feel like the uh, news will probably switch up their uh, motives, kind of go a new direction. Andrew thinks advertising will return to selling products again and recognizes the increasing number of pharmaceutical ads. But instead of making a joke about the issue, he embraces it. I think it's important that we uh, promote drug development so that maybe these drugs can better society. I think it's important that they do say the uh, side effects. Now with the election fading further into the past, gone are the mudslinging political ads replaced by consumer-targeted prescription medication commercials. For the outlet, I'm Matt Morris. This week is Transgender Awareness Week, and in honor of that, Michaela Ashburn and Mallory Golski look at resources available to transgender students at Ohio University's campus care. The 2011-2012 school year was an eventful year for policy change at Ohio University. In 2012, the Student Senate and Graduate Student Senate passed a resolution that made Ohio one of the 4,100 universities around the country to have trans health care included in their student health care plans, according to Campus Pride. Earlier that school year, Dr. Jane Balbo began working at Campus Care as a primary care physician. I was invited to a panel about trans people and 
access and issues at Ohio University. And that was where I learned about the change in the insurance. And one of the panelists, uh, who was a trans man who has since graduated from OU, invited me to come be on the panel and talk about what Campus Care offered. And I said, well, we don't offer anything. The new policy went into effect in the fall of 2012, and Campus Care began offering services like hormone replacement therapy to patients who were interested in altering their sex characteristics. Patients who are interested in undergoing hormone replacement therapy can receive hormones through injections, patches, or pills. And as a primary care physician, Dr. Balbo was already trained to assess all of her patients' needs, including the basic blood work and prescriptions used to perform and regulate this process. What at first seemed like a highly specialized form of care quickly turned into just another day in the life of campus care. And that has sort of been my mantra in this whole process of learning and then trying to teach others how to do this. It's not rocket science. It's way simpler than a lot of other things we do as primary care physicians. Ohio Campus Care uses informed consent when assessing individuals who want to medically transition, start taking hormones, or who are considering surgery. For patients, this means less waiting and more attention to what resources are available for their specific needs. The simple treatment allows the healthcare providers to assist their patients, not act as gatekeepers to the basic necessities they require. At the first visit, we interview them. We find out about their gender experience. What is their gender experience? Um, what do they understand about hormones? What do they want? Because some trans folks do not want to transition medically. They just want to have a care provider who respects and acknowledges their gender identity. It's a lot smoother and a lot quicker here than it is back home. Because at Hudson, I basically can speak with, I can basically schedule an appointment um, with one of the doctors who works with a lot of trans individuals. And so I basically schedule an appointment with, appointment with her and I usually see her within like the next week or two. And especially when it, especially when I was trying to get my hormones, um, she kind of went through. The, she kind of went step by step with me about what to expect. Um, made sure that I was. This is something that I wanted to do, and just made sure that health wise, I you know taking hormones wouldn't pose any extra risk. Whereas back home, I schedule. I try to schedule appointments to start estrogen. A month or two before coming back here and the doctor still hasn't called me back at all so that is one thing I will say is that when it comes like Hudson they're really at least in my experience they've been very Tiffany Anderson a transgender student at Ohio University is just one of the many students who have taken advantage of the resources available at campus care Dr. Balbo also encourages her patients to find therapy or support groups for other mental or emotional issues they may face during their transition. Ohio University's stride to make sure transgender inclusion reaches beyond the walls of Hudson Health Center is not going unnoticed by students. I was actually pretty surprised that you have the healthcare and the preferred pronoun policy because that's something I was kind of new to because prior to coming here, I just assumed that you would have to like talk to your professors individually. Um, but now the way it's set up, you can just go and change your name and put your preferred pronouns in the student center. So that made it really easy for me. It's easy to look at the resources available for Ohio University students and assume that Dr. Balbo is a specialist on transgender medicine. 
but she is the first to admit that she is just a professional who wants to provide the best care possible for all of her patients, regardless of how they identify. I do not consider myself to be a, a person who can speak on behalf of trans folks. I am an ally for trans folks, and I think it's really important that people don't ever assume that I speak for trans people. I speak for medical providers who want to be and who try to be trans competent. I am not perfect. I have said and done things during visits that I learned from my patients were inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And I have grown from those experiences. Dr. Balbo and Ohio University are serving as a guide for other college campuses by creating a more inclusionary experience for all Bobcats. After all, an open mind and a willingness to listen are all that doctors need to treat patients who identify as transgender. For The Outlet, I'm Mallory Golsky. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is co-produced and co-hosted each week by me, Grace Warner, and Abby Grise. We are edited by Atish Baidya, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant. Our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud and iTunes or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Outlet underscore WOUB. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.